Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by an all-star lineup. And that's going to be the heavy hitters from everybody in the Spurs universe here on Spurs Twitter, locally, and also coming straight at us from the Dallas area. We have not only Ty Yeager joining us from At The Line Podcast, we also have Robert Trejo joining us from A Bucking Spurs Podcast, and we also have John joining us from Spurs and Salsa. Uh, gentlemen, thank you guys for joining me and thank you for being a guest here. This has been a long time coming. So let's go ahead and have everybody introduce themselves before we go ahead and move on. We'll go ahead and start with John from Spurs and Salsa. Why don't you let us know where they can reach you and all the good things you got going on there? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I am one third of Spurs and Salsa. You can find us at Spurs and Salsa on Twitter and Instagram. We cover all things Spurs. We talk a little local sports, the teams everybody likes. And probably the most important thing, we uh, cover, we review restaurants and breweries and local beers all around San Antonio. If it's local, we'll eat it and we'll drink it. Um, our Instagram page has most of our food and drink pictures and content. And then, of course, you can follow us or you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. We also have a Facebook fan page, Spurs and Salsa. That's one of our live, uh, most lively social media platforms. But I'm excited to be here. Is this the is this All-Star team or maybe the Monstars? We're the Monstars. We're the Monstars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're also joined by some of the other uh, local uh, heavy hitters here that we got in the Spurs universe on Spurs Twitter here. We are. We have Robert Trejo. Robert, why don't you let us know all the things that you got going on and cooking up over there at a Buck and Spurs podcast? Yeah, what's up, Spurs Nation? Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Ty. Thanks, uh, John, for for having me on today. It's I'm really looking forward to this. Um, yeah, you guys can go to buckingspurs.com to see any of the other projects that we got going on over here. Uh, if it's a podcast, a YouTube video, or whatever, I'm currently working on a film room on Quindary Witherspoon, our second-round draft pick from this past year, who's balling up in the G League, um, keeping an, a close eye on the G League this year because that's our that's our future. And if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, our podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, jam on. We're probably there. So, uh, yeah, buckingspurs.com. Appreciate it, guys. There you go, man. And Ty Yeager, why don't you give us your beautiful radio voice? He's one half of the guys from At The Line Podcast. Ty let us have it, man. Give us your best radio intro. Why, thank you, sir, for having me on your <laughs> radio show. I can only do that for a few minutes. Oh, it, yeah, then, no it, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna lose my voice. But <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be ultimately looking off screen for the whole podcast. So if you guys ever see the video, I'm just looking off off screen the whole time. But uh, you can follow me and Mac, who is my co-host for At the Line. You can follow us for all our podcast stuff at the Lion Pod. We are basically more cussing and more just unfiltered type Spurs content. Uh, you can find find my content as well. I also cover the Austin Spurs for the Spurs Zone. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty Yeager Radio. That's Ty J A G E R Radio. And if you want some more fans type stuff, you can follow Mac, who gives you who gives you all sorts of fan stuff, and you can follow him, follow him at Mac Penn Media. That's our whole crew here at, at the Line. And there you go, man. There you have it. And of course, you all know, know me, you know, Joe Garcia of 
the Two Shots Podcast. And you can follow us at twoshotspodcast.com. Right? I'm just one of the Garcias. Like you said, it's me, <laughs> it's Jeff gonna... Garcia, and Paul Garcia. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say which Garcia again? Because there I know too many at this point. <laughs> right. There's just too many of us here. Here on Spurs Twitter. <laughs> so I, I'm the little lesser one, the the lesser known one. Uh, the OGs are going to be, you know, Jeff, and then you got Paul, and then you got me. So I, I'm the third and, and third in line there. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and keep moving forward here and talk about the Spurs and the debacle that was the Oklahoma City game as the Spurs got a thorough ass kicking and winded up losing from by a total of, by well, the final score was 131 to 103, and they dropped from 10th to 11th now. We have the Pelicans in that 10th spot out west. So things are looking bleak for our San Antonio Spurs. And I need someone to pull me off the ledge, give me hope, and tell me that everything is going to be fine. So for that, we're going to go ahead and first start off with John from Spurs and Spurs and Salsa. John, pull me off the ledge. Give me some hope. What do we got to look forward to, man? Oh, man. So I was off the ledge most of the season. I was the ambassador for making the playoffs and i kept telling myself i kept telling my listeners followers hey let's wait till after the rodeo road trip that's that's always a barometer for this franchise and i think it's a good barometer for this particular team they've been inconsistent uh they've been fighting for that eighth spot and if i look at just yesterday's game you can chalk it up to just a bad game right yeah you're on the road a lot you didn't shoot the ball well it's a bad game but bigger picture The rodeo road trip's over. We're now the 11th seed, like you said. We'd have to jump three teams just to get into the playoffs. And even with injuries, uh, the Grizzlies have a tough schedule. The Blazers have some injuries. The Pelicans are starting to catch fire. You know, obviously we know why they've got Zion back, and they're the team that they were supposed to all season. I mean, they've got a very good roster. They they got more from the Lakers and. I think we gave them credit for, and then you add Zion to the mix. I don't think we're catching them. The fact that we fell behind them now is a scary thought, to be honest. Um, I I can't talk you off the ledge on this one. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and go with <laughs> you, Ty. Ty, talk me off the ledge, man. I mean, really, what do we got going on here, man, with the San Antonio Spurs? Is this going to be the nail in the coffin that sinks the ship? I mean, what what's going on, dude? I don't think so. I'm gonna be. I'm the optimist. I would say of the group, or just in general, especially between Mac and I. I just think it was a bad night. Should I, don't should think I, should I put nail- my Homer glasses on to hear this take? <laughs> but um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the end of the road yet. It's my my metric for saying this team is out of it is if they fall five games or more behind Memphis. And at one point they did fall five and then they jumped up two spot, two games ahead, two games back against them. And now they're about four games back. And so they're still teetering on that edge that if they go beyond five games, they, they honestly don't have a chance. That's too big of a road for them to really catch up on. I think Portland is still an injured team. They're a team that you still could easily drop. Grizzlies have, lost at Jaron Jackson Jr. And they are currently, as we record this, is just getting their asses handed to them by the Clippers. And I will say, I will agree, the Pelicans, they look a bit unbeatable. They're 
two, they're seven and three in their last ten. Zion is looking fine and healthy, and they have a big game against the Lakers come when come Tuesday night. So that should be something fun to watch. That which could be a possible one eight seed matchup. But the San Antonio team still has a chance. I just think that game against the Thunder was a bad game. They shot nearly. They shot 36% from the field and over 103 attempts. Just nothing was working for them. And you, you're probably going to lose a game when your leading scorers are Rudy Gay and Marco Bellinelli at 14 and 13 points apiece. But, and still, I think there's some highlights from that game still. You got a good peek at the youth. You got a good peek at Keldon and Chemezi, what they can do. They got, Keldon got nine, Chemezi got eight in, gar- in their garbage time. Even though DeJounte went over seven from the field, which is kind of a rarity for him lately he still had seven assists he was still getting his teammates involved which is really important and he just got knocked out of rhythm early on getting two two fouls early on in the first and i think he just got knocked out of rhythm i think this was just a bad night with the spurs is it a is it a season ending night no unless they lose again on bobblehead night to the mavs and depending on how bad then yes it's probably an alien coffin come following wednesday night but I still think I still think this first team has a chance. Is it slim? Yes, but is it impossible? No. I think I got a better chance of winning the lotto than this team has at making that eighth spot. That eighth spot, dude. It's kind of asinine to me to hear the local media now talking about the race for eighth. Are we really? Have we really degraded that far that we're at the race for eighth? Where we're just hoping oh, now man. that this team is going to make the eighth spot. I mean, come on now. You know, don't even say that to me. It's like, why even use that as a bit, you know? But Robert, how are you feeling, man? Good, bad, this, the end? I mean, what are we looking at? I think what we're looking at realistically is just that we're not going to make it. I mean, Ty hit it on the head. John, you as well. I mean, the Pelicans are the only team out of those bottom four teams that are actually on an upswing right now. Those are the guys that are actually playing with some momentum, actually getting better at this point of the season. I mean, I thought... I think we all thought that we were getting better as well over the past few games, but then this OKC kind of just brought us back down to to earth. I mean, it's not over. We're still mathematically into it. So technically, I mean, I don't want to jump off the boat right now on this season, but it's just, it's the same old, same old. I mean, I've seen the third, I'm sorry, I've seen the fourth quarter of that game probably about two or three times just because I saw something different in that quarter. You know, there was that lineup of uh, DJ... Lonnie, Keldon, Marco Bellinelli, and Trey Lyles, you know, and then Derek White came in for DeJounte and Chemezi came in for Trey down there, down the stretch. And to me, that was probably one of the most most exciting points of this season. You know, we're mixing up youth with some of the veterans. We're actually experimenting now with some lineups that we haven't really seen too much of and seeing what these young guys can do. And to me, that's just a sign of, you know what? We're, it's just it's just not going to happen for us this year. I think I've come to that point where making the playoffs is probably not in the realm of possibilities anymore. And I think it was a great scientist named Albert Einstein that said insanity is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And I mean, that's we've just been that team that's just been banging our head against the wall all season long with the same lineup, the same minutes. You know, DeMar DeRozan and and, uh, and LaMarcus are, are two leading shot takers, and that is just not good enough to make the playoffs this year when it should be good enough to make the playoffs this year. This is one of the weakest Western Conference that we've seen in over 15, 20 years, 
And what we have right now is it good enough. And to me, it's just disappointing that we're still trying to see if it's good enough after the All-Star break. And we're we're fighting that. DeJounte's playing well. Like Ty said, DeJounte had seven assists the other night, played good. And we're better when, when the game's in DeJounte's hands. I mean, why did it take us so long to get DeJounte more involved? And I know it's coming off his injury and it takes time and things like that, but I mean, I'm sorry. DeJounte has to be our second option on a game-to-game basis. And, you know, when when he when it's the second option behind LaMarcus in one game or d- behind DeMar DeRozan in another game, it really doesn't matter. You know, these young guys need to take more of a leadership role, and we haven't seen that. DeJounte's taking the fourth most shots on the team on a per-game basis. You know, you have LaMarcus, DeMar, Patty Mills uh, leading leading the race, you know, in shots per game taken. So I, I don't know. I just I don't understand what this season was. You know, I, I'm trying to think of, you know, why what's the whole reason why we kept Bryn in the starting lineup? Why do we keep giving Bryn all this opportunity? And to be honest, I think it's a Spurs thing. Um, you know, it's loyalty, I don't think, man, they're, they're loyal loyalty. to a fault, but, dude. Yeah, yeah. But not only that, I don't think the Spurs are the type of organization to take away the opportunity that Bryn has worked so hard for in a contract year. You know what I'm saying? Imagine if we benched Bryn Forbes this year in a contract year early on in the season. Yeah. He's probably not going to make his money this se- this offseason. I, I would say that there's always a premium for shooting, but I don't think the Spurs are the type of team to kind of do that, do a guy like that, you know, and I just think that they're going to do him dirty like that. Yeah, they're not going to do him dirty like that. So that loyalty um, and just, you know, seeing the same thing over and over and over kind of turned my head away from from this season a little bit, looking more towards our young guys. Okay. And and that last night's game was just a perfect example of all that. But I not, think, when, it come, when it comes to Brent Forbes, I was going to say you could easily have a Jonathan Simmons situation where mm-hmm. they they come to a realization and they're like, oh, what the hell did we just do? And let him walk. I think yeah. that might be that might be a possible situation this offseason. Mm-hmm. It could be, but Do I think, think Robert, that? I think Robert, you're in the final stage of you know how they have the five stages of grief? It's denial, <laughs> anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. where I'm at. I'm in I'm at the final stage of grief. I'm at acceptance. I've accepted yeah. that we're not gonna make the playoffs, you know, but along with that acceptance, we do have a bright spot. And as you pointed out. It was the youth, you know, and that's what I want to get Ty's take on right now. Uh, Ty, this injection of youth that we have, because you've been one of the guys who has followed the G League as well. You've covered the G League and you've seen the young guys out there and you've seen what they can do. And the future of Keldon Johnson, you know, Lucas Samanich, Quindary Weatherspoon. We even have decisions to make regarding, you know, one Drew Banks, Shazemi mm-hmm. Metu. You know, these guys, I think, could be the future for the San Antonio Spurs when we finally have, and maybe two or three seasons down the line, we have DeJounte, we have Derek, if he stays, you know, we also have Lonnie Walker, um, possibly at that point in time, really starting to come into his own. And these are going to be the veterans that are going to be leading the team with the injection of youth. And that could be a perfect mix for the Spurs being right back up there in the mix again. Uh, Your thoughts on that, Ty? Uh, this I think one of the best things that I think is really severely underrated with this team is its youth core. I, the young core that this team has is pretty damn talented. Whenever you look at it, and this is still a fairly young team. You got you had Dejounte Murray, you got Derek White, you got Trey Lyles. I think Trey Lyles should be thrown in there. You got Jakob, 
You got Lonnie, you got Drew Eubanks, Kelton Johnson, Chemezi, Quindary, and Lucas Samanich. These are all guys that are really talented and under tw- the age of 25. Mm-hmm. But, and so once these guys kind of start getting run, and we saw with DeJounte, where DeJounte, whenever he gets run, he can really cook some teams' defenses. And besides defenses, he's going to be the one lighting it up on defense as well. Derek White is still a consistent guy. And I think he's going to be a good six man for in, in his career. I think he's going to be a great six man. Yeah. Lonnie Walker. He's explosive. You, he is dangerous. I think we all know how, how high this man can jump. And oh, even his missed dunks are spectacular. Yes. And there's just too many of them. I think worm, 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 worm. you get the Razzie. It's, too, <laughs> it's not even his fault. It's the other teams is fouling him because they know they don't want to get a Lonnie Walker dunked, dunked on. But, I think once he's given he's given some run, he can show that he can really score. Then you got Drew Eubanks. I think Drew Eubanks has a is really talented, and I'm really hoping the Spurs sign him to a full contract. The way that he can just be a beautiful rim runner and finishing at the rim, defending at the rim. He's very athletic for his size, and then he's a ball of energy. And I think that he could easily have a Patty Mills type type energy type personality that would really fit well for this young team. Keldon Johnson, he's explosive. He's a bit raw. He needs some work, especially with his shooting, but he is damn talented. And we saw that last we saw that against the Thunder where he will not stop hustling. That man fought for a rebound. He kept fighting between between Steven Adams, got the ball out somehow, and I was wowed me and just a beautiful and a yeah. kick out. I don't know. Yeah. I've never been so wowed by an effort and kick out than what Keldon Johnson gave me last night. To only be airballed by Marco Bellinelli, but yeah. that's not the point. But I hate it. On- I hate that I had to put Marco Bellinelli in my freaking stats, dude. That was painful. I hate him. I don't want to see him out on the court. I hope he never sniffs another minute for the rest of the season. I hate him because he blocked me for no <laughs> damn reason. So f <laughs> that dude. So f that guy. He's dead to me. I think. We're not the only, you're not the only one blocked by him. I think more than half of Spurs Twitter is blocked by him. And but DeJounte, he, he has, too. DeJounte likes to hey, block IG people. Really? IG. Oh, yeah. I see. On IG. Uh, mm-hmm. so, he, he's, so just, he's just blocking out that negative energy. But then, yeah, but then, exactly. But then just continue. Quindarius is, is solid. I think he's going to be a solid guard. And then my personal favorite, Lucas Samanich. This dude, once he gets his opportunity... Everyone's gonna be seeing that he is worth the wait. That he was yeah, worth man, taking. Yeah, man, but that, that guy needs to eat some ribs or something, man. He needs to bulk he, up. Compared compared to compared to during the offseason and preseason, he is definitely bulked up. He is he has definitely gained some weight from the looks of it. He's looking much beefier. He's looking more buffer, or is, is that a word? I don't know. But buffer. more buffer, <laughs> more buffer, more buffer. It's, Put it on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Ty, Ty, let me ask you: How does Keldon compare to, as far as playing in the G League, compared to Derek White and Lonnie Walker at that stage? I think, I just think his sh- his shooting is not there. Honestly, he's shooting; he's not shooting that well. He's shooting a poor twenty three percent from deep. I think from Derek and Lonnie that we saw a lot more shooting. Yeah, he he does shoot a fifty two percent from the field in general, but that's a lot at the rim. He has a lot of close range shots more than deep shots. But I will say that Kelton Johnson differs in the energy level that he brings in the hustle. That and we saw that last night. We've seen that multiple times. 
in Austin Spurs games where he's just he's just running all over Hell's Acre and he is making plays. He is very energetic and he is good at it. I do besides his shooting, I do want to see him get his teammates involved. He's only averaging two and a half assists in the G League, and I think he can really improve that overall. And also his defense compared to Lonnie and Derek, especially Derek, his defense is there. It might not show up in the stats, but whenever you watch him play defense, it's he's doing stuff out there on the floor, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. So, John, so you, you give us your take. You man. mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry. So, hearing Ty talk about Keldon in uh, in the G League, I'm okay with him there to develop the shot. Maybe if there was a roster spot, you know, maybe if Forbes is gone next year, Keldon get more play in San Antonio. I'm okay with Keldon in the G League this year. Simply because he wouldn't get any minutes in San Antonio anyway, and if he's you know if he's there to develop a shot, I think Chip will do wonders for that. And then for for Luca, I think it's just a weight issue. I think they put him in Austin this year just to bulk up. So I'm okay with those two in Austin this year. I know a lot of fans want to just blow up the season and play every young player on the main roster. I'm okay with Kelton and Luca there, especially talking to Ty right now um, with Lonnie. He's one of the most physically gifted athletes I've ever seen on a basketball court. You know, there's certain people that are just athletes. Russell Westbrook looks like he could play football if he wanted to. LeBron James, same with LeBron James. Lonnie is that kind of athlete. And I think when it all comes together for Lonnie, whether it's the end of this year or maybe next year, I think he's the one that can be special just because of his pure athleticism. And I think when you look and when. And sorry, and I was going to say when you look at these when you look at these guys that we all love as fans, Dejounte, Derek, and Lonnie, Keldon Johnson and Luka Doncic are doing the exact same thing that those guys did. They were in the G League for most of their rookie season. They would be occasionally called up and sit on the bench. And talking with Drew Eubanks, sitting on the bench isn't just sitting there and not doing anything. It's learning the mentality part of the game. It's yeah, watching. It's watching the guys at the NBA level. Even if it is Marco Bellinelli or or Brent Forbes, they're still at the they're still at the NBA level, and they are able to build their mentality up to that and be no, learn stuff from the guys that have been there for a while, and then apply it whenever they are in the G League. And it really shows, especially from Drew this season and Keldon. And I would hope to see Luca on the bench a bit more often, just so he can get some of that mentality training that these guys have. And it's really sh- again that mentality training has really been showing up and showing why these guys are some of the best in the G League currently. Do you think, uh, do you still like Pop's approach to it, where sending most of them to the G League, or would you like to see them come straight to the main roster? Uh, as much, I think as a fan, I want to see them straight to the roster, but whenever I look back, look at these teams, look at the development, look at more of the player perspective, I prefer them in the G League, just because... They're not sitting at the end of the bench. These, I, unlike some of these other guys in the laundry, like Brandon or Brendan Clark, stuff like that, where they're getting minutes because there's not that many vets. They, they do well, but I think these guys are not exactly NBA ready at the, their best skill. But I prefer them having the minutes down in Austin. I prefer them getting those reps and getting used to the, used to the NBA type pace. And even more, according to Quindary that the pace down in, in the G League is actually faster than the NBA pace. So it might even help them further down the road. But I prefer them in the G League over the NBA currently, yeah, especially yeah. if it's their rookie season. Well, here's a question and for I, you And guys. I think go ahead, go ahead, Spurs John. fans need to hear that, though. Oh, no, I'm just saying, because I know right now Spurs fans were, 
you look at Spurs Twitter, you know, the front office doesn't have the, the you know, people are questioning the front office a lot. And no, that's no, one no. of the bigger sticking point. That's one of the bigger sticking points is why does every rookie got to go to the, uh, got to go to Austin. But I think, you know, Ty brings up a great point. They need it. And maybe if we were picking in the top 10, you probably don't send a top 10 player to the Austin. And maybe we're picking in the top 10 this year. I don't know. But the guys that we have drafted, you know, Ty mentioned Keldon Shot needs some work. We all mentioned Luca needs to eat a few ribs, maybe some tacos. He needs to bulk up. Um, but it did wonders for Derek White. It did well for Lonnie. And I, I just think Spurs Twitter needs to hear that, that long term it's better for these guys to be in Austin for the first year. And again, maybe maybe this year we're drafting higher than ever before and they get a kid that's ready to play in San Antonio right away. But for now, it sounds like the best path for our younger players was to go to Austin the first year. Yeah, you know, that's that's basically what the Spurs are going to wind up doing. You know, because it, it helps develop the player. It helps get them ready to play at that NBA level. And let's face it, if the Spurs were just to go ahead and forego the G League and just get all their draft picks and go ahead and insert them into, you know, the lineup somewhere and just tell them to go out there on the court and try to compete at any given night with some of these other well-coached teams, uh, the Spurs are wind up, we're going to probably wind up in a, in a worse situation than they are right now. But there's the question, though. Even though that the Spurs are in the predicament they are in, and it looks like they are all well on their way to, to not making the playoffs, if this team still continues to lose, the, the question is, should Coach Pop just go ahead and say, you know what, let's go ahead and pull these veterans back and let's just go ahead and start inserting these young guys into the lineup and giving them some run. If we're going to lose, okay, we're going to lose, but let's see what these young guys can do and let's get them some experience. You know, as the season starts to wind down a bit, that way you can make sure that your veterans get some much needed rest because really at the end of the day, you you don't want them getting hurt if you're going to start looking at them and possibly making them an offer uh, to retain them in one DeMar DeRozan. Uh, you don't want him hurt you know, and going into the off season with an injury, if you're going to throw a contract at him, you know, so that's, that's my thinking. I mean, the you the can't pull his minutes. Yeah. You can't pull yeah. his minutes and then try to offer him a deal. You're going to piss him off. Yeah. And then you're going to ask him to sign a team friendly deal. I think that's the real issue. And the other issue is too, uh, where this is not a team that's been blown out often. Yes. They have a few exactly. games that they get blown out. Yeah. They remain competitive. These game, they're, they're losing, they're losing games that are pretty close and they they will go on – they'll be in a game. Look at Denver where mm. they are in that game until the third quarter and then the fourth quarter, it just kind of goes yeah. downhill. But they're the still fighting. The wheels fall off in the still, fourth. Yes, yeah. you guys. There's, still, there, there's, a, there's an old saying in basketball, right? Yeah. I'm a coach. been coaching for a long time at the high school level. When it comes down to six or less, it's coaching. When it comes down to six or more, it's probably effort on the player's part, execution, things like that. But when it comes down to six points or less, usually that has to deal with either some coaching decisions, lineups, minutes given to a player or another. Usually it's in it's in the coach's hands. So, Ty, you're right. We've lost so many games by six points, four points, eight points. I mean, all that comes down to coaching, put lineup personnel and things like that. Of course, yes, the player's got to play. The players are the ones playing. But all those games that we've lost – They've they've come down to coaching. It's been coaching. It's been a weird season. It's been a weird season on that part, you know. And on, real quick, I want to just put one little 
one little anecdote on on the G League talk. Keldon doesn't need a three point shot to play in the NBA. I'm sa- I'm saying it right now. He doesn't yeah, need to shoot. Okay. He, he just needs a need good mid range jumper, he's, dude. He's he's not that type of player who needs players called for him, who can't get chased off the line because they don't know what to do. And a la Danny Green, Davis Bertans, he's not that guy. You know what I'm saying? So when he does get yeah, chased he off the line. He's so strong. I mean, he can finish with one or two bumps, probably better than most people on our team right now. You know, finishing at oh, the rim. Oh, he can just finish so better strong, than so Bryn under, Forbes. Under control. He can finish better oh, than, can, than Ben. Better than Bryn. He can. He but can finish t- better than most t- people. But in today's NBA, I mean, we even made Lamarcus develop a three-point shot. Is it feasible to just pull him up? Do you put him on the main roster now and just live with it, or do you let Chip England? And this whole staff do their thing well, and get well, him a shot. Well, who says that it can't be both? You know, who says that yeah. he can't be working on his shot there in San Antonio? I mean, I don't think Chip England is is going to Austin every day just to work out with these guys. I mean, that yeah, that was that was the whole, that's the whole argument about about reps, you know. And then the G League, Luca, like right now, the G League is perfect for Luca. He's getting all of the same type of shots with Austin that he's going to be getting in San Antonio, and he's getting them at a high clip. Now, is he efficient with it? You know, he, I think he's taking the second most threes, but he's, you know, one of the worst efficient, you know, three-point shooters on our team. But he's getting all these good looks. He's he's shooting them in rhythm with confidence, and that's encouraging. You want him to take those shots. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, this season has come down to coaching. And that's why, John, when you were talking about earlier how, you know, that's kind of been a footnote on this season is, you know, Spurs Nation questioning coach pop question for the first time in 20 some years we think we can Hmm. question coach pop you know no no okay he knows what he's doing for the reasons why he's doing it is the biggest mystery yeah it has to do more with i think building towards the future is really what's what's going on but people will say why isn't he playing younger guys more and i think that comes i I think that comes down to it comes to pop's trust (laughs) and it comes to the plans in the offseason where it looks mm-hmm. like that they might try to do a sign trade with Demar, where you could easily dish him out for more younger players that could really help your team. And I think that's I think that's something that you just need to show off how good these guys are. And Demar's been going off handle, especially earlier in the season. And but but going back to Kellen's shot, yeah, he doesn't really need to produce it. I don't think he needs the three point shot. Would it? Hurt for him to have a somewhat a shot like once or twice a game that that would not hurt. But his mid range game needs some improvement. He's taking nearly over 200 attempts from less than five feet from the rim while only taking 103 in the mid range. And that mid range is kind of ranging in the 37 from 37 percent to 43 percent. While I will say from less than five feet, he's averaging he's averaging 70 percent from the from that distance. But. He just needs to stretch his get his shot just a little bit, and that's what I mean by improving his shot and overall. And yeah, okay. three point and and three points and three point shooting is kind of a good general indicator of how well he's shooting from deep at, at deep in some sort of a sense. If it's mm-hmm. ten feet from the rim or twenty four feet from the rim, that's kind of my that's kind of my thinking in my terms. I would say when I want him to improve his shots. Yeah, because you know the way the Spurs play, there's going to be times where he catches the ball at the end of that rotation, right? So the ball gets drive kicked, <laughs> kicked pass pass and it's going to end up in his hands. He's got to be able to know what to do it, do with it. He's got to be able to knock it down. He's got to be able to take the three point. I, I totally agree with you there um on that. You know, but Keldon just has 
what we've needed all season. You know oh, what I mean? I agree Ke- with that. Kelvin has that. the energy, the toughness, got that fire, the enthusiasm. Dude. Yeah. He's going to get you second chance opportunities. He's going to get you two or three offensive rebounds. You know, he's going to get you a steal. He's just going to make you better by him being on the floor and playing hard. Yeah. He's got and that hustle, I, man. He's got that hustle, yeah. and that's what we're missing. And, and that's why I feel it like, doesn't... you know, his, his offensive struggles, yeah, like the rookie struggles, you know, he's going to develop. I you know the shots that I see him taking right now in the G League in the mid-range are a lot of those Tony Parker um, long uh, pull-up jumpers off one or two dribbles just on top of the key, you know, off the left or right wing. Um, but he doesn't really, like, I don't think he needed that this year to even play for us. I think he could have played for us this year just because we needed what he had. You know, we can put... Marco on the floor. We can put Brent on the floor with him. We can put Rudy on the floor, whoever, to space the floor, right? To help space the floor while he's out there. But I think there was opportunity. I think it was a missed opportunity for Kelden. I totally think Quindary is evolving down there. I think Luca is evolving right in front of our eyes. But Kelden was ready to play now. He's a Kentucky guy. You know, he he is a, t- a lottery pick that fell to twenty nine. You know, That's like I, I don't know what happened there, but he was. You know what? It yeah. probably was his shooting. People were probably looking. Oh, well, he can't shoot. You know, but Coach Calipari came out and said after the draft, hey, you know, who's going to have the best career out of all these guys is Keldon, out of all of his guys this past year. Because he had the skills yes. already. Yes. Yeah. Well, he, he has the toughness. He has, you know, he's big body. Oh, that too. Yeah. And yeah. Overall, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doubting the future of Keldon. I don't think, I'm not saying that, oh, he's going to be a bust. I don't think that. This dude is very talented. I just, there's a reason they're in the G League. And I think one of those reasons is that jump shot. But because especially looking at I'm looking at more splits as we talk and looking at the shop type summary, he's like 64 percent when he does a layup. Problem is he's only 37 percent when he does a jump shot. But that but still overall, like you said, that energy that he brings, the hustle, the dynamite finishing that he can do, that is stuff that the Spurs do need. And I think could improve the team, especially down this stretch, at least one of the if things that I'm minute, interested in. Ty, some, what is his percentage ahead. from the stripe? From the stripe, uh, come back to me on that, and I'll I'll bring I'll come back. Yeah, because the thing is, Ty, like, me, doesn't Ty, he let, sound like? Let me let me ask you real quick, Ty. You, okay. you you know, like where Lonnie was more ready offensively to come in during year one, during year one, as so so was Derek. Yes. Do you think Keldon Johnson was kind of the opposite of that? He was ready to come in year one defensively. You know, it would have taken some reps to learn the rotations, the terminology, of course, but. He's just a guy that's always in the right place in the right time. Do you think he his defense is ready to go year one? Well, before Ty answers that question, John, you had something you were going to ask him too, right? Well, I was just going to say, you know, you guys are explaining, you guys are describing Keldon as a guy that hustles, a guy that plays real hard on defense. He makes plays happen. It sounds like Derek White and Dejounte Murray. Definitely, it sounds like the it sounds like the Spurs have a type. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, like when a, you know a gr- you date a certain kind of girl. We draft. She's a certain shape. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) Pop has pop has a type. Pop has a type. And um, do you think Lonnie fits that type, or do you think he's kind of different from the rest? So first, with the Lonnie question, I think Lonnie is. I think he's more of a low key dog than he still has energy. He still has hustle. I think we all seen that, especially with his dunks. I think he just he just reserves that all for his dunks, but he has the energy. I think we've seen many hustle plays, especially on defense from Lonnie, and I think Lonnie does fit that type, but just in a different way, I would say. Now going on okay. to the Kelton, 
from the stripe, he is shooting 75% from the from the free throw line. That is also kind of skewered in my way, just with how the new rule with the that the G League is trying, where if you make one free throw, it means all you make all your free throws unless it's in the last two minutes. I, so I kind of don't rel- I don't trust the free throw percentage when it comes to G League stats. But when it comes to his de- when his Kelton's defense, he doesn't really show up on the stats. He's only according to the stats, he's only averaging 0.7 steals and 0.6 blocks. But his effort, like you said, his effort on defense is really fantastic and it really shows it shows whenever you watch and he will put some really good on ball effort on his on his opponent and i think that's always a key thing well is it sometimes acceptable to accessible to making some mistakes yes that's a rookie whether you're what are you expecting you're not expecting unfortunately Keldon is not tyble tyble is just fantastic on defense but Keldon is doesn't mean he's Keldon isn't good on defense he's good on defense but Again, the G League's there for him to improve further, and I think that's going to make him a better defender in the in the long run. And I think he's going to be a really good two way player after going into soft, his sophomore year. Okay, so this is what I'm going to ask you guys. We're going to go ahead and switch gears here, and we're going to start this topic off with uh, John from Spurs and Salsa. John, the Spurs definitely need a position field, and we know well from my understanding, from what I've been able to uh, see this season, that position is a three and D guy. We need somebody who can shoot the three and actually help guard the wing. Because if you look at the stats, what's been happening is that the Spurs are getting killed by the opposing teams most nights because they're just shooting the three on the Spurs at will. And there's really nobody out there to really guard the wing effectively. The guys that we depended on are no longer here. And one Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, they're, they're gone. You know, So in my opinion, the Spurs need a three and D guy. But in your opinion, I'd like to hear what you have to say as far as what position do you think the Spurs need to fill uh, to remain competitive uh, in the years to come? Well, I think they're trying to draft a bunch of 3 and D guys, you know, with Keldon Johnson. They, they want him to develop a shot. Derek White, Lonnie Walker. I think that's their type. I think Pop knows that's where the league is going. You know, I, I think a couple of years ago, Pop thought he had the perfect team to defend the the Warriors, you know, if you would, if if Kawhi doesn't do what he does, right now our starting backcourt would be Dejounte Murray, Danny Green, and Kawhi Leonard. You're not going to get any better than that defending the wing. So I think since Kawhi's been gone, and even before he was gone, they've been drafting guys like again Kelton Johnson, Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Kyle. Don't forget Kyle Anderson too. No, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So you're right, Kyle. I mean. So he's been trying to fill that 3 and D void. Where I think they need to fill a void is up front. You know, everybody wants to trade LaMarcus Aldridge just because he's an older guy and he's never really <laughs> endeared himself to the fan base for whatever reason. But they don't have a lot of young players in the post. You know, Pirtle's there, but Pirtle's, I think his contract's up this year. So he's not guaranteed to be here in the long term. Uh, I think they need to address the the post position they they need to get younger there you know Luca's there but Luca need needs to bulk up he might even be playing a lot of three I think they need to get more athletic and younger up front okay. oh I I certainly agree with the 
I think the forward position and the big man position is going something is something that Spurs need to continue on. That's why I like Drew Eubanks. That's why I like Luca. Yeah. That's why I love Pirtle. I think luckily Pirtle's a restricted free agent. Damn dog, you don't that dog is not liking my opinions. <laughs> but uh, but um, must I be think, a Mavs think, fan. <laughs> what? I see a blue collar, so that's not that's not that's not encouraging. But um, <laughs> but I think let me go back. Let me rewind. But I think Pirtle is luckily a restricted free agent, and I'm hoping the Spurs put up a good a good offer for him, or even match him, unlike they did with Kyle Anderson a few seasons ago. Because I think Pirtle is worth that. If you look at his advanced stats, Pirtle is something yes. else for this team, and he is one of the best. He's the best, has best offensive rating, and has the best defensive rating for the team. And that's just him being a role guy. And this, but he is very. He's very much a low-key MVP for this team with the way he plays, the way he defends. And I really hope the Spurs keep him on this team because he is very valuable and at least keep something, something within for that for an asset for coming Kawhi. Because Yaka Pirtle is a great asset that they got out of that Kawhi trade. And but I still think they need to fill up that big man position. LMA is not going to be here for much longer. He's had he's going to be in his last season, next season. He's going to be 35. He's going to be 36 at the end of that season. So they really need to concentrate on getting guys that can r- run the rim, that can defend the rim. Look, looking at guys like Obi Toppin in the draft. Got, and you need guys like that. I think Drew Eubanks is going to be a per- would be a perfect guy to fill in for that role. Chemezi Metu is certainly mm-hmm. a guy that's been showing some some signs of life and really showing up whenever he does in in play for the Spurs. Or in the G League as well. I think that's one guy that we really need to mention more often because he's doing some he's doing some fascinating stuff, especially athletically. But I agree the low the forward position needs some improvement on the three, the four, and certainly the five because I think you look at the league. The league is full of good big men now. Look at Chris Aprzingis, yeah. Joel Embiid, Nikolai Jokic. Yep. Don't get a guy. Don't get a guy like Jokic's size. We don't need. I don't need someone hit that tubby. But there's there's a lot of good, great big men in this league, and I think the Spurs need to fill, find that role to put next to DeJounte, put, to put next to Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson. I think, and I think honestly, Lucas Samanich might be that guy when it comes to just being very talented. Is he going to be really buff compared to some of these guys? Not really, but he, again, he said, Kel, Lucas said himself, he has a game like, like, Kevin Durant, and it shows. His body types the exact same, and I think he's going to be great for the three and four. It yeah. just comes down to having that great five. You know what? Yeah. Nikola Jokic, man, I got to say something about that guy. I've watched him play. I've kept my eye, my eye on him for some time. He is one of the bi- the best, biggest passing big men that we have here in the NBA. Man, that guy is like an artist, man, with the ball. And the way he's able to pass it and get it to the to his teammates you know, that are open... Uh, it's a thing of beauty, man. I gotta respect him in that regards in it's his like game. A, he's like a seven foot Boris Dio. Dude, he kind of reminds me of yeah. uh, that guy who used to play with Portland years ago. What was his name? That big guy then and Sabonis? Sabonis, dude. Sabonis came into the NBA a couple years too late. If he had come in his prime, he he could have possibly been uh, a Hall of Famer, you know, because he was that good in the Euroleague. And just unfortunately he just came over here too late. In the latter part of his career, but he was a guy who could pass the hell out of that damn ball. And look, Nikola Jokic kind of reminds me of that, not a, to that extent, but as far as his passing ability. But 
uh, you, I mean, uh, Robert, where do you think the, the Spurs need to improve as far as, you know, that, that position that's really going to give them that, I guess, that push to get back and be competitive again? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but it is a three and D position. It's guarding the perimeter. But, you know, I honestly love what you guys are saying about Jakob. You know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. There was a point before Christmas. I think it was more like around that time when we were playing Boston where we got that win against Boston and, and a, a couple of those games in that in that span where Jakob, it was clear, man, we're just so much better with him on the floor. And it's so much clear from last year to this year how he much he's improved. He runs the floor well. He runs the no, floor no, not well. Not only that, yeah. Joe, not only that, Joe, but this is what he started doing that really made me think that he can be our starting five. And honestly, if, if we were, I, we really need to re-sign him. We really need to re-sign him. Because if when LaMarcus leaves, and it's not if, it's when, and when that happens, when Jakob showed this year that he can grab a rebound and just take off with it and run the break and make passes on the break and you know just push it himself, have a beautiful Euro step. Oh yeah, man, that that changes everything. That changes everything for us. You could put Jakob out there at the five with four other wing pr- players and really play fast. I mean, really play fast. You can see some you know? of his footwork at times is reminiscent of somebody else that used to play with the San Antonio Spurs. And I've seen him work out extensively with Tim Duncan out there before games. And I just sit back and watch them. And it, it's a thing of beauty to see Timmy out there dressed up like he can still play. And he's out there going at Jakob. And Jakob's learning the footwork, the spin, you know, going ahead and spin around, off-balance jumper, you know, being able to use his body. And he's learning all these things from Timmy. And it's kind of showing now. Yeah, point, and- point, point Jakob. Point center. And whenever the Spurs, so, whenever whenever the Spurs traded for Jakob, I was like, "Who is this dude?" And after seeing him play, and then after looking at his advanced stats, and there's cl- clearly the Spurs did see something because if you look at at Jakob's second season with Toronto, he had an offensive rating of 122 and a defensive rating of 104 for best on the team, and mm-hmm. that's and there's cl- that's clearly what the Spurs saw, and this man has been killing it. He's had a defensive rating of 108 or less in his career. Has had an offensive rating better uh, since since his second season of 122 or better. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, John, you were going to say something. You mentioned the yeah, you mentioned the trade. So we all like Hilton Johnson. We all love Pirtle. Depending on what we get for DeRozan or if he stays, was the Kawhi trade as bad as it feels like, or was it kind of a win? I when think it, it was a kind term. of a win in a short term. Yes. Mm. I think Not, I think we can try to look for the bright spots in the trade, but we gave up a, a MVP and a superstar, and, and, and you're, though, you're never going to trade gone, back. Though, yeah. yeah, yeah, but you're never going to get back what what you're giving away in the NBA when it comes to trading away superstars. And I mean, we did a very good job. Uh, okay, we lost an all defender. We have two young potential first team all defenders in their and the, whenever they reach their prime right in Jakob and Keldon so we have deep we did get defense back for it but it hurts you know it does it, I don't know if yeah because the Spurs one of the things that the Spurs are missing is a true closer and a and a and a legitimate NBA all-star we have former all-stars we don't have that superstar we don't have that superstar in our team and I think that's one of the things that we're really missing yeah, but you weren't going to get it back. 
you weren't going to get an all, a true you weren't going to get value for Kawhi back. No, yeah, that's, but that's a the given. fact that he left after a year, because here's the thing: if Golden State doesn't get injured and they win the championship last year, does the trade even look good for Toronto? Yeah, no, because yeah. no. <laughs> and oh, and overall, in the short term, it was a win for Toronto. But if you look at the long term, and the hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think we all know that, but. Look yeah. in the long term, Spurs. The Spurs are building a future off of, off of that trade at the least, and really talented future. Yeah. We we looking for one year rentals, Ty. We're not over here in San Antonio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and I think everyone, I think Spurs knew something that we didn't at that time, and it was Kawhi's going to be gone, even if he, even that they kept him that year, he was going to leave, and that's honestly the best yeah. scenario. You did the best that you could do in that situation, and. While we've seen this front office and probably not do the best decisions when it comes to playing Marco, playing Bren, they've done some great, they've done some really good stuff on the other end of turning Kawhi Leonard for some really talented stuff, even when his value was nearly at his lowest in his career. And yeah, he, he did go win that team a championship, but you got yourself a great young center. You got a good, talented guy in DeMar, at least to fill in for that current time for the next few, for the next few years. And then you got a first round pick that you turned into Keldon Johnson, who's most likely going to be a steal at twenty nine, or at thirty, wherever you drafted. True, I and mean, I think we man. can we we can uh, reevaluate this trade once we know Demar's future, right? If if he yeah. resigns, or if we get a good haul for him, then we can really sit back and maybe we all discuss this in the summer whenever the Demar situation plays out, but. It's looking more and more like the Spurs set themselves up better for the future than we thought at the time, especially with Pirtle yeah. playing with the way he is. We yeah. got to bring him back. Got to bring him back. That's the thing, and man. That's going to be yeah, interesting. You bring him back. The summer is going to be interesting because you have Demar that you have to think about, and realistically, he's not a player that I think the Spurs should throw a max contract out. He's probably going to want somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe five years. I think the safe thing to do with the San Antonio Spurs is to offer him a three-year deal with that third year being an option. And let's see what happens as far as them being able to retain somebody else, uh, such as a Yaka Portal. Because realistically, at the end of the day, you only have so many mo- so much money against your cap, and there's there's only so much to go around. You know, we got we made some bad decisions, and we still have to pay Paul Gasol. We still have to pay Damari Carroll, even though he's not with us because of the buyout. You know, so some of this stuff does count uh, against the cap. And yeah, look, and, and well, I luck- think I. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, well, John. I think with, no, with DeMar- I was gonna say. I, I was gonna Dem- say. In, in, all right, who who goes first? John. This is stand. I'm gonna let John. I'm gonna let John go. <laughs> all right. No, I think John. with Demar, Demar's at a point where he's in his prime, but he's about to fall off that cliff in the next year or two. Like a Rudy game. He's gonna want to go. Yeah. Not that bad, but, <laughs> but Rudy's is more due to injury than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But I think Demar needs to go to a team that can compete now, whereas we're looking at a team. We're a team that's going to compete in three or four years. Luck, hopefully. I don't and even I think, think they'll three come three to years. I say, I say like one or two years. Yeah, my my timetable is about two seasons, three seasons at the max. But I think in two seasons they're going to be right back up there again. And I so think that's still too long for Demar. I think you make a decision. Hey, Demar, we'll do a sign and trade. It's best for you and it's best for us, right? Because if yeah. even if your your timetable is two years, 
let's go get two players or three, whatever you can get for him. Um, I think that'll be the compromise between the Spurs and DeRozan. I think there's a lot of respect between the Spurs and DeRozan. And I, I don't think he would, he would like to stay here if we were competing. But I think at the end of the day, they'll come to the conclusion that DeRozan's at a point in his career where he can contribute. He could be the number two on a championship level team. And the Spurs are looking more towards the next two or three years after, you know, DeRozan's in his prime. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think you offer him a five-year deal. Cause remember he's going to probably be the best free agent on yeah. the market. This oh, he's going to be sought so after. Gonna, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I don't I don't know if he I don't know if the market's as big as as we all think it is for him. I mean, he's a player that he's he's a player that doesn't shoot threes. I mean, like like let's just be honest. He's a, he's that's where the league is going and who's going to give a player that cannot shoot threes a 5-year max contract? You know, teams I just, that are de- team, teams that are desperate for offense. That and yeah. we saw that. Team, teams that are different teams with like Magic. Yeah. Yes, it, teams that are different uh desperate for offense but that have the money. And we saw a lot of teams that had that were going to have that money use it. In this, um, in this last uh, uh, before the trade deadline and the buyout market and all that stuff. But, um, Joe, I want to ask you, Joe, uh, if the situation comes to our doorstep next year, where we end up do getting rid of Demar Derozan, and we end up parting ways with Lamarcus as well, how do you feel about the players that we have right now stepping into like larger roles? Maybe Jakob coming in at the five, and and Lonnie coming in at the with DeMar's spot, with the rest of the same lineup, how do you feel about that? I feel good about that because everybody knows it takes at least two to three seasons for a player to really get comfortable in the Spurs system. And we don't know what's going to happen within the next two to three seasons. It could be that Pop decides to retire maybe at the end of this season or next season. And then we have that transition period where we're going to have a new head coach. That's kind of a little influx, but at the core... I think the system will still stay intact somewhat, and there might be some minor changes. But overall, that level of player that we're looking at right now, as far as who Yaka Portal is going to wind up as a developing into, I think is really going to be somebody who can stand pat and be in that starting lineup and contribute at a high level. And he's going to be not a superstar, but he's going to be a damn good role player. And he's going to fit that bill quite nicely. Uh, he's going to have the passing ability. He's going to be able to, you know, have that cohesiveness with his teammates to know, you know, just by looking at them, you know, by looking at each other. Oh, he's going to he wants me to pass the ball here and I had to get him in the, the correct position. So he has a better chance of scoring, you know, or I can go ahead and set the pick, which he's already good at setting screens. Another thing that he's good at and also following up, getting those quick, you know, uh, misses and putting them back in, you know, a put back for, for two, which is something that he does quite well. For being such a big guy, he's pretty quick on his feet. You know, he has that quick, quick step, that quick jump yeah. uh, that I like a lot out of him. So I he's think he's going to be a good He's just as good as DeAndre player. Jordan, Clint yeah. Capella, you know, like all these other like just. Uh, uh, they just get paid uh, will, more. Will, yeah, the, the guys yeah. that are the, the centers that are out there that are just kind of will players that just use their athleticism, aren't that skilled. Jakob's better than half of those guys already. And he's got skill. You know, yeah. and he's got and passing I, ability, finishing ability. And I think everyone forgot that pe- that teams were interested in getting Jakob at the, at the de- trade deadline. I think that's going to yeah, they inquired be a about key him. Role, a key role whenever it comes to free agency. But again, I he's honestly worth that money if he is going to be if he's. I don't think he's going to get a max contract. No one no, thinks no. that, but he's <laughs> no. he's definitely going to get. I think he's going to get in the range of 
15 to 20 million at, at the at the least I would think and I think the Spurs would be happily be able to match that. Yeah, they they would they would be not too intelligent if they didn't. You know, because they you have somebody here who's already shown you that he can develop into this stereotypical player that you need to play that position here, you know, and you've already put that time into him. Might as well keep him here and let him develop even further so he can be that really good role player, that solid player that the Spurs are going to need, you know? So I agree with that, you know? So we're, we're coming to a close here because it's already starting to get a little late. So <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to go around <laughs> the horn here and we're going to go ahead and let you guys once again plug yourselves. Let us know if you got anything cooking that's interesting. And that way everybody can give you a like and a follow or if you have a YouTube channel, they can subscribe to you. We'll go ahead and start with you, Robert. Go ahead and let us know what you guys got cooking on over there at uh, the Booking Spurs podcast. Yeah, you can always find everything that we've got going on at BookingSpurs.com. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, usually the ones that we're on most. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you can follow our YouTube channel. We're always dropping videos there. Uh, I say we, but really it's just me. I don't know why I keep saying we all the time. Yeah, we do this. It's just me. It's, I do, I do it, it's it all It's your back split here. personality. Yeah, I'm the tech guy, the 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 host, the producer, all that stuff. Anyways, but um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was a lot of fun, man. Let's let's do it. This this season's going downhill, but we don't have to go downhill with it. You know what I'm saying? There True you enough. go. Yeah. There you go. I got I got a surprise for you guys after this, so I'll, I'll talk with you all all about that off camera. But we're gonna go ahead and uh, ask the same question for the guys from Spurs and Salsa. Where can they see all the good stuff that you have cranking out as far as not only San Antonio Spurs, but the local cuisine here in San Antonio. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, like you mentioned, we cover the Spurs. We cover all the sports around town. And we also love to cover local restaurants and local beers. We're always doing that. Go to our Instagram page. where That's where we put all our food and drink stuff. And then on Twitter, you can find us at Spurs and Salsa. And uh, we'll be cranking it all year. Even when the Spurs are off season, I think off season will probably be more fun yeah. than current season. Oh yeah, no doubt, because it won't hurt as bad. <laughs> <laughs> there you or go. will it? <laughs> as long oh, as I got a beer in my hand, that. it won't hurt as bad. It might though. He's right. Now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna need some like hard liquor if I'm gonna get through all this. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know, man. You kind of look like a Smirnoff man to me, Ty. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> wow. <That's not> nice. <laughs> That's it. Hit. Even though I drink Smirnoff because I, I'm broke college student. It's, <laughs> wow. That's why I said Smirnoff because it's under budget, bro. Don't make me pull out my rum because I got rum. I will pull it out. If it has a, if it doesn't have a cork in it, I don't want it. <laughs> okay. The twist off cap. The twist off cap. I'm gonna be like, no, Ty. We got to help you out. We're gonna go start a GoFundMe for Ty. We got to give him the good stuff. <laughs> We're gonna stock his liquor, his liquor shelf. There we go, yeah, for the draft. Yeah, there you go, man. Wow, get you through the draft. So, where can they uh, look at all the stuff you all got cranking out over there at, at the line? Well, first, I I was looking at footage from the last uh, po from the last podcast you do, and I really need to step up my light game, like Steven did with his disco. Oh where my god, he was at. that's an uh, ongoing nice. joke. That's an ongoing joke because Michael De Leon. He doesn't like the disco lighting behind Steven, so we make it a point to like be a, a, as obnoxious as we can be 
with the disco lighting where Steven will even strobe it sometimes in the background. It, it's we like to poke fun at Michael, man. That's what it is. It's I, I love I I love it. I when my when I lived, used to live with my parents, I had a huge LED light that would just light my whole room and I would occasionally turn to colors. And I actually have like an LED light behind my desk that you can't see. So but uh you can follow me on Twitter at Ty Yeager Radio. That's Ty J A G E R Radio. You can follow all this stuff. I also contribute at the Spurs Zone. So if you want more Spurs content, anything like that, or more Austin Spurs stuff from me, you can find that at my Twitter, at Ty Yeager Radio. You can follow my co-host, Mac, at MacPen Media. You can follow our podcast, At The Lion Pod. And then we have the lovely Koala Mills. But uh, if you want to get your own Koala Mills keychain, which looks like this. I know, it's isn't it, isn't it cute? All you guys need to get your own Koala Mills po- keychain. Uh, there are $15 to be our limited supply, and a portion of your purchase will go towards Wires in New South Wales, which is for wildlife relief amongst all the Australian bushfires that are going on. Again, $15, and you can get yours at bit.ly slash koala mills. That's bit.ly slash koala mills, or find it on my Twitter to get your own. We have, have about 25 left, so get yours, because this is the only time that we are ever going to make these and sell these. So get yours before they are gone bit.ly slash koala mills and, and they find do, that on my twitter again at ty yeager radio and ty does take cash app because i went ahead and paid for my koala mills so i got mine coming in yes so we got pay, we got paypal and cash app if you want to do that we accept it both and we are happy to get your payments if you are in australia and somehow run into this podcast please dm me we do need to do special shipping for you to get any of your koala mills Unfortunately, Australia is one of the most expensive places to ship to in the, in the U.S., so we need to make some certain arrangements to get you your own koala mills, but we are happy to work with you to get the get those out. In the U.S., there's no additional comp, additional cost for shipping. It's $15 straight up for you guys in the U.S. Now there you go. So make sure you go and order your koala mills, and make sure that you guys follow all these other guys that work hard to try to deliver the best possible content that they all can. They all do a man, magnificent job. So make sure you go ahead and make uh, give them a follow, give them a like, and support them. You know, everybody's all about supporting our local podcasters here, especially the young guys, like all three of them right now. So make sure you go and follow them and support and like everything that they do. And also, you know, you feel like you we have merit and you like what we put out, go ahead and follow us, you know, and give us a like at Two Shots Podcast. And it's all there spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can also find everything you need to know about Two Shots at twoshotspodcast.com. So for John from Spurs and Salsa, Robert Trejo of a Booking Spurs podcast, and Ty Yeager from At The Line, I'm Joe Garcia. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace. Peace.